Welcome to Mission Gathering Charlotte. This community is for you. If you grew up in the church and have lost your faith, if you are in a moment of deconstruction or reconstruction, if scandals, politics, and hate have led you into doubt, if the stories of this faith raise doubts and curiosity in you, our time together is not about trying to fix you. You are not broken. Our journey in this life is not about erasing doubt but embracing them. For it is only on the darkest night we can see the stars. Life's journey is hard enough so we don't think you should have to make this journey alone. So if you are Asian, Latinx, Black or White, Indigenous, if you are male or female, trans or non-binary, if you are three days old, 30 years old or 103 years old, if you've never stepped foot in a church, or if you are Buddhist, Roman Catholic, agnostic or are a lifelong evangelical, if you are single, married, divorced, separated or partnered, if you are straight, gay, lesbian, asexual or bisexual, if you are a Republican, Democrat, independent, socialist or not registered to vote, if you have or had addictions, phobias, abortions or a criminal record, if you own your home, rent, live with your parents or are homeless, if you are fully abled, disabled or a person of differing abilities, you are welcome to join us on this journey to share our sacred meal at the Table of Grace. Happy Sunday and welcome one and all. Hey everybody, Pastor Andrew here at Mission Gathering Christian Church Charlotte. And this week is a special week because next week we won't be having any in-person services. We won't be gathering here at Mission Gathering Charlotte. We will be gathering at the Charlotte Pride Parade. Pride this year in Charlotte is celebrating the 20th year of coming together and proclaiming God's pride in all of God's children. So if you want to join us to march in the parade or, or come help us staff the booth and, and to declare God's love to people, then I want to invite you to come and do that. You can email Jessica Donahue. I'll put her email up right here on the broadcast. And you can sign up to either be in the booth or be in the parade and march with us. There's some really cool stuff we're going to be doing this year. And I'd love to talk to you more about it um, offline. So go ahead and send me or Jessica an email to let us know that you want to be a part of things here at Mission Gathering Charlotte and while we participate in Charlotte Pride. But also, I'd like to ask if maybe you could help us with some of the expenses that comes with doing events like this. If you could donate today, whether it's via the Cash App, the Venmo, or going to our website, even setting up a recurring gift to keep things like this going, that would be amazing. And you would be a part of something bigger than yourself. You would be a part of making this community possible and allowing others to experience God the way that you have. So for the gifts that you have given and the gifts that you will give, I want to offer this prayer of thanksgiving and dedication. Let's pray. Gracious, loving God, we thank you for these gifts. For we know that you need nothing. But it is a joy and a blessing to be able to share our resources with each other. To create a new narrative. A narrative of your kingdom. One where people have their needs met by those around them. One where your abundance flows into us and out through us to others. 
allow us to remember that even in times of struggle, even when we're all feeling the pinch, we can still come together to make a difference in this world so that one day it may look on earth more like it does in heaven. In the name of your Son, Jesus the Christ, Amen. I came to cast fire upon the earth. How I wish that it was already ablaze. I have a baptism I must experience. How I am distressed until it's completed. Do you think I have come to bring peace to the earth? No, I tell you. I've come to instead bring division. From now on, a household of five will be divided. Three against two and two against three. Father will square off against son and son against father. Mother against daughter and daughter against mother. And mother-in-law against daughter-in-law and daughter-in-law against mother-in-law. Jesus also said to the crowds, When you see a cloud forming in the west, you immediately say, It's going to rain, and indeed it does. And when a south wind blows, you say, A heat wave is coming, and it does. Hypocrites! You know how to interpret conditions on earth and in the sky. How is it that you don't know how to interpret the present time? Luke 12, verse 49 through 56, Common English Bible, the Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So a long time ago in North Africa, there was these two young men, and they both decided that they were going to become monks. So they took their vows and joined the order of a monastery. But then they both came to realize something else. They both realized that they really passionately wanted to travel and see the world. But they were monks now. They had made vows to stay in this monastery, fulfilling their duties and praying every day until the day they died. So being good monks, they prayed and they prayed for that desire to leave them. Until one day they formulated a plan. They got out a map of a place that they wanted to go to. And they took that map and they made elaborate plans, planning out the routes, the supplies, everything that they would need for that trip. They got into all of the details of what peoples they would meet and what places they would go to. And then when they were finished with their elaborate plan, they simply took the map, rolled it up, and put it back on the shelf. These two monks repeated this process over the years. They would pull out more maps, make more plans, and do the same thing again. And then go back to their life of being monks. Staying in the monastery, performing their duties, praying in the morning, the afternoon, and the evening. Until the day that they died. Neither of them ever left the monastery. You might be thinking, what that story has to do with our gospel passage today. But stay with me, right? Because already we're a little unnerved by the Jesus that we meet in this gospel passage. This is not the bucolic and soft-spoken Jesus that we see in stained glass or that we hear preached about Sunday after Sunday. This Jesus' words are harsh and they're passionate. And they have a power behind them that we're not used to hearing. Jesus comes to us in this passage with his own words, saying that he is a source of division. And that his message is causing a crisis. A crisis because of what his baptism will do. And the baptism he refers to here is an allusion to his death. Jesus' life and death will bring about something that changes everything. It'll be a shift in the moment of time where the world gets a new narrative to live by. Not the narrative of Caesar and the empire. 
Not the cultural narratives of who's in and who's out, but a new one that Jesus is bringing. Jesus' life and death and resurrection changes everything. And that's a hard thing for us, though. Because as humans, change is something that we're really good at being resistant to. And that's not a fault, right? That's not you being a bad person if you're resistant to change. It's how our brains work. You see, your brain is broken down into like three hemispheres. The deepest hemisphere is what people like to refer to as a lizard brain, a reptilian brain. It's the one that like almost every creature has. That part of your brain is absolutely resistant to change, and that's a product of evolution. You see, because that lizard part of your brain, that deep part of your brain, knows that the most tried and true and familiar paths are the easiest and most sure way to survival to keeping things going, to propagating the species, to making sure that you're not the last of your kind. You see, we're good at seeing patterns. We're good at making predictions about the weather or seeing what the familiar will bring to us and knowing what those results will be. And those things, they help us feel like we're in control. It makes us think that somehow we can have this great effect on the world around us if we just keep going the way that we're going. Just keep your head down, keep grinding, right? And everything will work out. That's how our brains tend to work. That's why they're so resistant to change. But real change? Real change is a loss of control. It's the breaking of what is to create something new. It requires us to do something new. To do something outside of what we normally do. To do something out of what's comfortable and what's easy. Change, even good change though, always means that there's a loss. Because when change happens, what is is forever lost to us. It's forever changed. And if you've been paying attention, there's great changes happening among us. And whether there'll be good changes or bad changes, in which way the winds of change will blow, well, that's up to you and me and a lot of other people helping to form that. Buying into the idea that we can change things for the better. You can feel that change in your bones, though, can't you? Something's different. Something's changed after pandemic. We're so divided about what that change should be, how we should react to this change, who should be in charge of of making sure that these changes come out to be the best or the worst or whatever, right? See, there are those who are trying to decide which way the changes will go. And then there's those people, I know you have some of them in your life, They resist change with such a violence, with such anger and just outbursts to anything that disrupts their status quo. But I I think those people are actually being pretty honest because they know that any change that disrupts their status quo means they might lose something. And so their choice is that they react in violence and rage. They scream on the internet and in the streets. They get behind despots and demagogues who promise them that nothing has to change, even though change is inevitable. But then we also have some other people in our lives and other people in government who are hypocrites. Now, that word hypocrite is real harsh in our language, right? But it comes from a Greek word that means actor. It's someone playing at something, somebody pretending to be someone else, or somebody just 
you know, going through the motions and pretending. Jesus had hypocrites in that crowd, and he calls them out on it. People who were playing at something in his time. People who were playing at that they wanted a different way. They wanted the kingdom of heaven. But they didn't want to change. They didn't want things to change. They just wanted to change who was in charge. They wanted a Messiah who would be a king instead of Caesar. But the oppression, the injustice, all of the awfulness, they didn't want Jesus to disrupt that part. They just wanted him to be in charge and their group to be the ones in power. You see, there are those in our world, like I said, in our governments and in our families and in our communities, who say that they want change. That they want a world that is more equitable and one that can be better equipped to care for all living things, including our our creature kin. But oftentimes, those people are like those two monks. They spend all of their time and their energy making detailed plans, mapping out everything, and then at the end of the day, when it comes time to actually change things, to take that first step on a journey, they roll up the map and put it back on the shelf. And they go about their lives doing things the same way, again and again, day after day, and change never comes. You see, division that Jesus talks about here, the division that we see in our own lives, it's a part of the crisis of change. It's a way that we are societally breaking down our complacency and fighting our own biology to do something different, to do something new. It's hard. It's hard to change, but it's not impossible. We've been doing it for millennia. As a species, we've gone through so many changes. There was a time where the systems that we have didn't exist. And there's a time coming where new systems will exist. But that transition and that change can be painful. But it is a part of what it is to be humans. Get it? The pain of lost relationships and the loss of some of our comforts and our illusions of control push hard against any effort to change. But Mission Gathering and Friends, change comes whether we like it or not. The only choice we really have is whether we will embrace the changes that are coming, whether we will help through our imaginations to to shape and form them into positive changes for the whole world, learn to use those imaginations like Jesus calls the crowd out for. They can interpret the signs of the weather, but they can't interpret the signs of the times. What if we put our holy imaginations to use to interpret the signs of these times? To see them with the eyes of Christ. To move them into a way that would bring so much more of the kingdom of heaven to earth. That requires us to quiet down our lizard brains. To tap into that first hemisphere of our brain. The part that's on the furthest part of the outside. It's a part of the brain that only we and a few other species have. That's where our imagination lives. That's where we can see further and peer more deeply beyond just what we need and into what we could be. To see not what is, but what comes next. Friends, if we could truly do that, if we really had the motivation for that to be 
what we want to do in this next age. We could really use our power to see beyond what is. We begin to make those small, seemingly insignificant changes lead to a new world, that lead to a better world that is possible. That's the fire that Jesus lights. It's the fire of justice. Fire that could reshape the world. Just like a wildfire is used to bring out new life and new plants, this fire could bring out new life and new ways of being, new forms of connection and community and governance for this world. That it could be more like it is in heaven. Do we really believe that? Do we believe that we can reshape the world to be more as Christ would have it be? Are we too scared of change? even make those first steps. So my prayer for you today is that you would kindle the fires of your holy imagination to peer beyond what is into what could be, to allow that imagination to put your body into action, to make choices and to do the work to build that kingdom so that we will not be hypocrites simply playing at change, that we will be the kindling the catalyst for the fire of justice to roar through this world until we are all free, until we are all known as God's beloved. Mission gathering and friends.